You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to renewlifechurch.com. How's everybody doing this morning? Doing good. Can we give the worship team a round of applause? They're doing such a... told the first service, I might as well tell you guys too, but the uh, vocal lessons I've been giving Rabe are paying off. And so it's just my honor to get to serve you in that capacity and get him ready. And uh, how, many, how many heard Kyle preach a couple of weeks ago? Anybody hear Kyle? How about him crushing at this? Give Kyle a hand clap. Sarah, you're doing a great job with Kyle. You just keep it up. Just keep Kyle in line. So anyway, uh, so glad you're here this morning. In case you're new uh, or, or haven't seen me before, my name is Braden. Uh, I'm the senior uh, leader here at Renew Life Church. We planted this church almost 10 years ago. In fact, in two weeks, we will celebrate 10 years. And uh, so I don't know uh, what you're doing on August the 20th. August the 20th, we're going to celebrate our, uh, t- our 10th anniversary here. I keep... Make sure I'm saying not 20. It's the 10th on the 20th. So uh, the 10th anniversary uh, on the 20th. Uh, so if you have plans on the 20th, cancel them because there's no chance that you have something more important to do than be here with us. And uh, a really cool thing, we've got some really cool worship leaders. Any Paul McClure fans in the house? Uh, <laughs> guess we should have invited somebody else. But um, <laughs> He's actually pretty good, but thanks for not clapping. Um, I won't tell him you didn't clap for him. Um, we got Paul McClure coming. Uh, Callie Hagenthal's coming. Uh, also, our very own Bethany Worley's going to be back uh, that weekend with us. She's going to lead Sunday morning, I think, at the Lubbock campus and then be with us for our night of worship uh, on Sunday night on the 20th. So it's just going to be uh, an incredible time. I, in fact, just so you know this, our actual anniversary is on the 13th. And so uh, some might think, why are you not celebrating um, next week, well, we take our first daughter to college next week, and so please pray for my wife, and then double it for me. And uh, so we, she, she actually, Susanna took a trip to, she wasn't actually leaving to go to college, but she was going on a trip overseas that her volleyball team was going to go play in Germany and Italy and Slovenia and all these cool places. And so she was just getting ready to go there. And you would have thought she was going off to war, like just a sob fest at my house. And I'm like, she's not even leaving yet. So uh, next week I will have no chance. <laughs> so uh, y'all just, again, please pray for us. But uh, always such a joy to be here. Here. I, I said this at the end of the first service, but I just absolutely love this church. I love your leadership here. Uh, Cody and Stacy Sykes are two of the most incredible people uh, that I know. I don't know that I know of anybody that's more integrous than that couple. They have such integrity. They do such a good job, uh, not just leading publicly, but leading by example. There, I can I can attest to this. If you're impressed with their public life, you should see their private life. They are uh, really just two of the best people. So you can see the fruit of it in this church. You guys have just done such an incredible job. Uh, I was texting them a while ago. I'm like, look, when are you going to go to three services? because you're running out of chairs, Hot Rod. And uh, so uh, we'll, be, we'll be talking about that, I'm sure. But anyway, such an honor to be here. Love this church. And if you got your Bibles, 
we might get to 1 Corinthians 12, but then again, we might not. In fact, I think I said that, and I don't think we got there in the first service, did we, Kyle? Well, we'll just see. Just hold your Bibles, <laughs> and, and, and we'll just kind of see what happens. But it's been on my heart for some time now. In fact, this message came to me almost six or seven weeks ago. It, it began to stir in my heart. But I want to I talk to you today around the idea of the blueprint of a supernatural encounter. The blueprint of a supernatural encounter. I, uh, <clears throat> because of the way I'm wired, I had never, I was never, never have been really one of the, the, the kinds of people that was just hungry for an encounter with God. That was just not my, my language. I had a strong uh, sense of the sovereignty of his word. I, I wanted to know the word of God. I wanted to know the will of God. I wanted to know the plan of God. And I wanted to do it accurately. That's always been kind of my excuse me, my driving force is I want to know his ways. It's like, you know, when Moses said, Lord, show me your ways that I may know you. I've always longed uh, to, to see this, the ways of God manifested here on the earth. But I was really never one that um, longed for or pursued encounters with God uh, until I had one. And once I'd had an encounter, I know that my life changed forever. And I really wanna to talk to you just around that because there are the three things that have affected my life the most. And I wanna to touch on the first two just for a second because as it pertains to the kingdom of God and the advancement of the kingdom of God in my life, uh, the three most influential things in my life have been the word of God, prophecy and prophets, and number three, supernatural encounters. The word of God, number one, number two, prophecy and prophets, and number three, supernatural encounters. Uh, and they are in that order, and I believe it's, it's the most biblical. The third one you can kind of, I think you maybe could fill in maybe your own. But I will just say this, I think according to Scripture, the first two are, are, are non-negotiable. Uh, and first, I, you may have alluded to it, I, I stepped out for a second, but you, I, I know, you, Kyle, you alluded to this Scripture. Actually, I heard you say it a uh, while well ago. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. So Jesus and the Word are synonymous. He was in the beginning, all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life and that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. So Jesus and the word of God are one and the same. So if you're giving your life to Jesus, you're giving your life to his word. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, which is what I love the most about the black and white Bible, B-I-B-L-E, Word of God. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever, which means 20 years from now, the Word's not going to change its stance on marriage. Uh, 20 years from now, the Word is not going to discover new genders. It's not happening. 20 years from now, it's not gonna change. And all of a sudden it's okay to kill babies. These things are unchanging. And I'll just be really honest with you. As you can tell, I hadn't preached in a while, so I'm coming out swinging. So um, I used to steer clear of things in my, when I was younger, I steered clear of a few things because they um, felt political to me. And also I was young, immature, didn't know some of the things that maybe I know today, but I think I've since seen, as I've gotten older, uh, I think I've seen the, the tactic of the enemy in some people to convince us that these things are political instead of biblical. But I would propose to you if we would do a better job in the church and in the home, this wouldn't feel so political. It would feel like what it is, which is biblical. Now, the, the, the catch point is that the Lord would now give us the wisdom 
to administer his truth with grace, to administer his truth with love. Because if it's truth with no love, it's abuse. Did you hear what I said? If it's truth without love, it's abuse. And Jesus was a master. You don't get a reputation for being friends with sinners unless you are a genius at being both truth and grace, which is what he was. He was at 50% truth and 50% grace. I think that's what the church has been trying to do. Hey, we wanna love people, so let's give them 50% truth. No, Jesus was 100% truth and 100% grace in one person. So we don't have to water down the truth to move into grace. We also don't have to come out of grace to deliver truth. Our, our job is to partner with the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit himself, and ask the Lord for, Lord, give us the wisdom to walk out your word, your word the word of God, with accuracy, with precision, but do it with a grace that gives us the same reputation that you had. We will be friends of sinners. Have the ability to walk up to someone who's in sin, and yet they do not feel judged and they do not feel shamed. And yet we still have the courage to say, like he did to the woman caught in adultery, now go and sin no more. As if telling someone to stop sinning is walking out of grace or stepping out of grace. It's not. It's imperative that we re-embrace the black and white, never changing truths and values in the word of God. Because here's, because some would say, you know, well, we're supposed to be led by the spirit of God. I, you're exactly right. But the spirit of God will never tell you something that's not in the word. But what you have to understand is the Holy Spirit is not the only spirit. See, a couple of you didn't know if you could amen that. You're like, he's not? Like, he uses capital letters. I mean, like, there are many spirits vying for your attention. There are many spirits trying to nav- uh, uh, pressure you and take control over where you go with your life, but there is only one Holy Spirit. And until we see the manifest spirit of God of the word of God align with the Holy Spirit himself, we actually won't know the truth. And so if we don't know the word, we will actually be- start giving in to the lies of some other voice and saying, well, if I feel this this strongly, it must be true, wrong. It's not true unless it's in this book. It's not changing. No matter what changes around us, it's not changing. And so I, I, it is imperative. John 1, 1, in the beginning, at the foundation, was the Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And now we have the written Jesus, if you will, the Bible to follow. And it also is not changing. And so I, I felt very strongly to, to go into that, even though that's not where I'm really heading today, but uh, the Word of God has been the foundation of my life. I'm very, very, very thankful to have had parents who, from a, uh, a young age, they instilled this in us. In fact, I remember um, when I was very, very young, we would take our family vacations to go to a, a Bible convention in Fort Worth, Texas. And there's actually a, a Fort Worth Convention Center, I don't know if you know this, but there's a, there's a fountain, a water fountain, uh, outside the convention center in Fort Worth, Texas. And for several years in a row, that was our water park. Because my dad only got so much vacation. He worked in the oil field uh, as a pumper and didn't get a lot of vacation. And the, most of the time on his days off, he was working on a ranch. So we didn't have a, lot of, didn't have a lot of money and didn't have a lot of time. But my parents gave their time to our family getting into the word. 
And I, I will never, I'll never forget that. And I would just encourage some of you parents, take this a little more seriously. I don't wanna go into this too hard, but take this a little more seriously. When's the last time you sacrificed fun for faith? When is the last time you said, I'm gonna show my kids that it's worth giving up this to have these values, this word of God in my heart? You have to teach them how precious this word is because it's that word in their heart that's gonna manifest when their friends come to them and try to convince them that there's another way. Your parents are old school. So much is changing these days. Well, I know one thing that's not, and that's, that's this word. It's not changing. And our kids need to see us live this so that it's deep down on the inside of them that when they're trying to navigate their life with Christ, that it's not changing in them either, amen? All right, whether you amen or not, I'm right. Uh, the second one, uh, the second thing that I've built my life on is prophets and prophecy. I wrote it this way, prophets and prophecy is a close second in terms of importance when it comes to your life in the kingdom of God. Now for many, um, this would be, this would sound a little bit crazy. In fact, just by a show of hands, how many of you guys have had a prophetic word spoken over your life? So, I don't know, 50-50. Uh, I'm inviting you into something new and I don't have time to go into it a ton, but prophets and prophecy are extremely important in the kingdom. The Bible says, believe the prophets, so shall you prosper. Part of the prosperity in your life is not just embracing prophets, but believing prophecy and walking them out with, the, with good stewardship. Uh, it, and again, I, I wanna bring some scripture to this. In Matthew chapter five, verse 17, uh, it says that Jesus came to fulfill both the law and the prophets. So part of Jesus's assignment was the written word of God, but the other part of his assignment was the spoken word of God because that's what prophecy is. It's the word of God coming through the mouths of men. And so it is ex it's extremely important to him. If Jesus came to fulfill it, I would say that it's important. It's put in, in a significant uh, part in my life, a significant role in my life. In fact, uh, another thing just to give you a bit more uh, oomph around the importance of prophets and prophecy. Uh, you've heard me probably talk about this a ton, but in scripture, there are only three lists of, uh, if you use an overarching term, spiritual gifts. Uh, there's three lists. In Ephesians chapter four, we have the ministry gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. In Romans chapter seven, we have the father gifts. Uh, it's the redemptive gifts. It's the, the prophet, the ruler, the mercy, the exhorter, the teacher, the giver, and the servant. So you have those seven gifts in Romans 12. Then in 1 Corinthians 12, you have the manifestational gifts of the Holy Spirit. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, faith, miracles, healings, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Y'all know these things. But in all of those lists, only one thing is repeated in every single list and it's prophets and prophecy. These three, these three lists, they are the perfect list because there is a triune God. The fullness of God is present in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You don't get the fullness unless you get them all. That's why there's three lists, sets of gifts. The Father gifts, the Son gifts, and the Holy Spirit. But in every single one of them, you will find prophets and or prophecy. He's screaming to us, pay attention. Pay attention to this. In the first Corinthians 12, if you go read and he's talking about the body of Christ and how we all have all these different gifts and they, they're all to work together for the good. But he says, of all the gifts, one you should de desire more than all, prophecy. So you start to see the significance of prophets and prophecy when you look at these things. And so number one, build your life on the word of God. Number two, embrace prophets and prophecy. But today I wanna talk to you about supernatural encounters. 
this, this idea of supernatural encounters. Now, when looking for a definition for a supernatural encounter, uh, I knew I wasn't going to find it in, in Webster's. Uh, you, you can't just Google that one. Hey, Siri, you know. Uh, I better, well, my phone just went on. She was listening. Um, <laughs> so, but I did. I got on, I got on the, the Internet yesterday. I was like, is, I wonder if there's a good definition out there. So I just Googled a uh, good definition of a, a supernatural encounter. And I actually did find a website, Christian website, that had a pretty good definition here. And I just want to read it to you. Uh, it's a specific experience in which God acts unexpectedly and supernaturally in our relationship with him. A specific experience in which God acts unexpectedly and supernaturally in our relationship with him. Uh, I think it'll just be fun. If you're in here today, just by a show of hands, raise your hand if you have had a 100%, you know it, couldn't be talked out of it, supernatural encounter with God. Raise your hand. All right, so again, we're about, we're about 50-50. I, I had the Lord say this to me uh, not long ago, but I, I reiterated to our team. The, well, let me just say what the Lord said, not how I feel about it. Let me tell you what the Lord said. The Lord said, it's more important that everyone goes together instead of a few go far. And a lot of us in this room, we have language for encounters, supernatural encounters. We, we have language for it and we have experience. But I propose to you that it's more important that we, every now and then we circle back and scoop in the rest of you and say, hey, we're not going without you because we're the body of Christ and where the toe goes, the fingers go. Where the nose goes, the ears go. And so if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000, I propose we're more powerful against the kingdom of darkness if we choose to go together than a few of us go far. Amen? Are we up for going together? All right. Um, I remember, I remember vividly my first, uh, what I would, would be my first known. I, I may have encountered the presence of God or something to a certain degree when I was younger and it didn't sear this way, but I remember the first time I truly encountered what I would call the supernatural, uh, had, a, had a supernatural encounter with God. And I was probably only, I was probably 22 or 23 for, and for some that might surprise you because I was serving God for, for most of my life. And uh, I took a few years off in high school, but we're not going to talk about that. So a few of y'all probably took a few years off too. So, um, but I've been following God my whole life. And, but I didn't really have my first genuine encounter until I was about 22 or 23. And I had, I'd come back from college and a friend of mine said, hey, you got to go with me to see this guy. He's in Leveland, Texas. Uh, and so I had to go to Leveland, Texas to encounter God for the first time. And so I went and uh, this prophet was up there and he said, all right, I'm going to teach for a little bit. I'm going to teach for a little bit. Oh, backstory. Uh, when we came in, I actually worked for my parents' church, who, uh, which at the time was Faith Country. It was, a, it was a cowboy church. Before it was Faith Country, it was my uh, father-in-law's church and Leanne's parents' church, Cowboy Church, the American West. Anybody ever in here? Y'all were cowboy church people? We got some, oh, we got some cowboy church folks. And so uh, I, I don't know if, if Monty were still here on earth, not in heaven. I don't know if I'd have the courage to say this, but I'm like, hey, bro, really? Cowboy Church, the American West? Like, there's a mouthful. Like, you know, could, could you come with an abbreviated version? But um, so I was the youth pastor at the time for my parents. Uh, Leanne's parents had already gone to heaven. My parents were ta had taken over and changed the name from Cowboy Church of the American West to Faith Country. And so they had saved some seats for if you were in ministry. And so if you, if you were in ministry, you came to the front, the pastor came, introduced himself. And so before the service started, he said, hey, we, we want to honor some guests we have at some other ministries in town uh, that are here with us, blah, blah, blah. 
And uh, so they announced me, this is Braden, he's the youth pastor of Cowboy Church. And so uh, it was out there. So the, the, the prophet finally comes on stage, worships, worships over, he comes up on stage, he teaches for a uh, very great message for 20, 25 minutes. And then he says, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna do some stuff. We're gonna have some fun. Of course, I had never experienced this, so I didn't, I didn't know what, what fun meant, and, uh, <laughs> at least to a prophet. And so he says, we're gonna have some fun. Tonight, we're gonna deal with some knees and some backs. And I'm like, great, I'm out of the fun. <laughs> Knees are good, back's good, I'm out. And so uh, he, he prayed for some people. And I remember one lady in particular, he says, hey, somebody in the back, that, right over, he's gonna heal your knee. And the Lord said, come to the front, it's gonna heal your knee. And so she gets out, she, long, shorter lady with long dress, she starts to kind of walk into the front. And he says, you know, if the, if the Lord told me he was gonna heal my knee, I'd run. And the lady's like, oh, okay. So she kind of starts shuffling along as fast as you can run in a long dress. And uh, she got about the second row and he just goes, Phew. Just like that, it's made that sound, the sound of wind, just went And as soon as he did, it's like an angel clotheslined her. I mean, her little legs kept going, but her body did not. And she just hit and just kind of, and I was like, oh my gosh, this dude is packing some heat right now, man. And I had never seen anything like this. In fact, there was, at one point he said, I want this whole section to stand up. And he said, had them all stand up and he just goes, and I mean, I don't know, 100 people just went whop. Fell over, chairs falling over. And uh, I mean, I had never, I, I shouldn't say I had never seen this. I had seen it, but like, it was kind of one of those things. I'm mean, yeah, that's, that's not for me. I, any, anybody else you've seen it? And you're like, how many of you are half terrified? I'm fixing to start going that direction. <laughs> you know, it's not why I came today, you know. But I, I'll never forget this. He's, so he, he, does, he does his deal and I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm watching the Spirit of the Lord is on it. I can feel, it felt good and uh, a little different, but it felt good. And so he gets done and he grabs his stuff and he started to walk off and he says, oh, I forgot one more thing. I need the young man from the cowboy church to stand up. And I was like, no, nah, my knees are good, back's good. You know? <laughs> but I, I did. And uh, so I stood up and he said, now, backstory, two weeks before that, a very dear friend of our family's, uh, his name was Mike Morrison. Some of you might remember that name. But Mike Morrison had, um, he was sitting me down at my parents' table and he was asking about the call of God on my life. And he had, what, what do you think your gifting is? And da, 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 da. And I told him some things and he's like, nah, you don't know what you're talking about. And I didn't. And um, he said, you have a prophetic call on your life. You have a prophetic call on your life. He said, that's, because I was like, well, I think I'm a teacher. He's like, nah, you're not a teacher. What, what makes you think you're a teacher? I was like, well, I just see things in black and white. Nah, that's not a teacher, that's a prophet. Now at the time I thought prophets light your hair on fire, take off all your clothes and run through the streets. I'm like, I've never wanted to do that. So I cannot possibly be a prophet, you know? Um, and so, <laughs> some of you'll get that later. Um, but I'm like, it just didn't, but I didn't understand the concept of a redemptive gift prophet that actually wasn't the same. And so anyway, long story short, I'd kind of rejected the word that he gave me. He's like, no, I think you're called a prophet. That's why you see things in black and white. So I'd kind of rejected it. So he, he says, I need the young man from the cowboy church to stand up. I stand up. And he said, uh, the Lord wanted me to tell you, you have a prophetic call on your life. And that's why you see things in black and white. And God's going to use that to help people. And he goes, and he goes, now lay back on purpose. And I had seen, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but if you've been to churches where they lay hands on people and people kind of fall over, we call it slain in the spirit. Um, I, I had seen it. And so churches like that, especially if they're used to this, they have catchers. You know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, catchers, and we, back in the day, we even had modesty cloths, you know, where a lady would fall and you'd fold the little cloth over her. God forbid you see her knees and lust over her kneecaps, you know. Some good looking kneecaps, bro. Sorry. 
<laughs> sorry, sorry. Focus, everybody focus. And uh, so he, <laughs> he says, now lay back on purpose. And I didn't feel anything. Now my mind was blown, to be clear. My mind was blown. I'm like, oh my God, he literally just read my mail. The conversation I just had, he said all the things, you know. And so I kind of did the whole, you know, check, make sure we got some big fellas behind me, you know. And I just started leaning back and the guys grabbed me and took me to the floor. And as soon as my back hit the ground, the power of God hit me. It was like a bolt of electricity went through my body. And I just started flopping like a fish and crying uncontrollably. It just blasted me. And it just for, for the haters that are out there, that, you know, and things like this, like, oh, that's just people. Just so you know this, I did not want to do that. I had no intentions of flopping like a fish in front of a bunch of people that I did not know. This was not my plan. I just couldn't, I just couldn't control it. And, um, and what was, and of course, I, I, afterwards, I kind of came to three or four minutes later and the service was already over. And so I, got, I was trying to gather myself. And uh, it was kind of one of those things where I, I was like, okay, Lord, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> we, we need to chat about this. Because primarily, the thing that was the most alarming to me is that he made me go backwards on purpose. That's, that was just, it was stuck in my head. Now, be honest, if that was you, wouldn't you be like, okay, if it was the power of God, why, didn't, why did I do it on purpose? And I, and I, saw, I was like, Lord, why did, why did he have me <laughs> do that on purpose? And I had the Lord speak to me. This was fun to hear. He said, you were so stubborn. I had to get your body in a physical state of surrender before your spirit could receive what I wanted to do. And I had grown up seeing a lot, but I, what I saw didn't align with success. The people that I saw, you know, at churches like this, they didn't, they weren't successful, they didn't successful homes, they didn't, they weren't, they weren't good moms and dads, their kids were crazy. And so it's like, I didn't a- associate that type of church with successful people. And so I resisted it. And I've, I've since come to learn, uh, there's, there's weird people everywhere. <laughs> and, and, but it, it, it didn't make, make what I had just encountered any less true. And it was very true to me. And so I, I'll never forget that. Uh, that moment, and since then, I've had, I've had multiple types of encounters, and I, I just want to, I just want to say, um, the, today, today's message is just a little bit different in that, I think my heart is to to share some stories with you, because my deepest desire is that an appetite begins to grow on the inside of you for encounters with God. It's really what I want. I want a faith and an appetite for encounters to begin to grow on the inside of you. But the other thing I wanna do is I wanna share some types of encounters that I've had because some of you may have had an encounter but didn't know what to call it. And the Lord's wanting to confirm he's been working with you for longer than you think. He's been with you longer than you, than you think. And so uh, just a couple of types of encounters that I have had, they, these are all biblical. I'll give you biblical uh, references for, for these. Um, but the first one is the most significant, <clears throat> excuse me, the first one is the most significant that I've ever had. I actually have had an actual visitation from the person of God himself. I had a visitation from Jesus and it was unexpected, wasn't asking for it, wasn't looking for it, uh, but it was the single most significant encounter of my life. I, it was hard to know at which time, the way the encounter kind of happened, there were times that I was in my body, there was times that I was out of my body, and what time was which, I'm not really that sure. Uh, but I know that I did come out of my body just long enough to see him step over me and lay down beside me in that, in that moment. And um, 
it was the most unbelievable thing that's ever happened in my life. I, to this day, I've not had anything even, not even a close second, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, and if you're here saying, well, that's not scriptural. Well, I'm glad you said that because Luke 24 would say otherwise. In Luke 24, Jesus had died and he had reappeared to some disciples walking on a road to Emmaus. And it says that he had caused them not to be able to recognize who he was, but it was Jesus reappearing to his disciples. And as the story goes, he's, he's with them, he teaches them the scriptures, he has some, some conversation with them, they want him to stick around, and then he eventually lets them know that it's him. And he says, all of a sudden they were aware that it was Jesus, and as soon as they were aware of it, he says he disappeared. But what I love is that it says that they turned to themselves and they said, should not we have known that that was him? Because didn't our hearts burn on the inside of us when he read us the scriptures? And having been in a moment like that where I had an encounter with God, I just, I know what it feels like to be with him in such a way that you just, something happens on the inside of you. Something burns on the inside of you. Something knows that I'm in the presence of something significant. And so uh, I know that that is, and I've heard other stories from ministers that I would trust uh, who have had similar encounters where the Lord actually visited them. Uh, And and so I, I don't want it to be too far out there for you but I also don't wanna sell you short because I'll say this, I had never asked for an encounter with the Lord, but I did not know what I was missing. And I actually had the courage to ask him just six months, about six months ago. And it was a, a, a humble ask, but I, I had never, I don't know why, I just never had the courage to ask him again. But I said, um, Lord, I'd love to see you again. There is something about the presence of our Savior that will change your life forever. Not just what he did for you, but the fact that he wants to be with you. He wants to be your friend. And when he is near you, you know that at a deeper level than your mind can comprehend. And you can read scriptures that says he loves you, but when he shows up, you know he loves you. Because love himself is in the room. And so um, I want to dare you to ask the same question that I asked not long ago and say, Lord, I want to see you. Second type of encounter that I've had is I've, had a, I've just had encounters with the presence of God. Uh, raise your hand if you'd say, I've, I've had encounters with the presence of God. I know what it feels like. Many of you would, would, would feel that. And um, for me personally, and this may not be the same for you, but for me personally, I, I'm not a feeler, I'm more cerebral, but I'm, I'm not, not as much of a feeler, but I feel the manifest presence of God the most when I'm in worship. And um, I love corporate worship. I mean, I, it, just, it just gets me every time. I absolutely love corporate worship. I can, I even can, I've even gotten to where I can kind of sense when the, the, the Spirit of the Lord kind of falls heavier. I mean, when Matea was singing that song, Worthy, and she just kind of stayed on the keys for a little bit while ago, I'm just like, it's just one of those things where you're just like, I don't care what you're doing, you're just like, hands go up. Like, you, you know he's there. You want to honor him and, and, and worship him. But for me personally, I, I know that that's the case. And the scripture would, would tell us, it does tell us, that where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there in their midst. When we come together and put our attention towards him, he's here. He's with us. His manifest presence. And I would even go so far as to say is the more people in the room that are aware of that, that are not resisting that, that believe that, and are pressing in in faith, the more tangible it becomes. 
because I don't know if you've ever been in worship services, because here's the reality, God is everywhere, right? But we all would acknowledge there's been times where we've been in worship services or church, and it's like, we didn't feel it the same. It shouldn't feel it the same. I would bet most of you that come to this church came here because you used to go somewhere else. Then you came here and you would, you would have said, I felt something different. Well, I mean, obviously the preacher's amazing, but. <laughs> talking about Cody, you know what I'm talking, I'm talking about Cody. Um, but if you be honest, there's something that we've cultivated here where we are expecting God to show up. We're not just reading the Bible or singing some song. No, we are engaging with the creator of the universe and expecting him to show up, believing that when he does, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. There's something that happens in his presence. And so I would want to invite you to partner with us in believing that. Because the more of us that believe that and the more of us that lean into that by faith, the more we will experience on a regular basis the tangible presence of the God of the universe in our church. Amen? Who wouldn't want that? Number three, um, I have had encounters, this one may sound strange, but I have actually had encounters with the tangible love of God. The tangible love of God. Didn't, I'll tell you how I got there on this one. Um, I... Um, Early on in, in kind of the Lord speaking to me about my ministry, he had had me really teaching on uh, grace, Jesus, and the finished work of the cross. And I just could not get enough of it. A guy by the name of Joseph Prince, who's a, just a brilliant man in this particular area, I was reading everything I could get my hands on by him, listening to every podcast, reading all his books, and, and then taking the scriptures that I would read from him or hear from him. And I was like, I was rereading them in another way. I just, I was seeing Jesus for the first time in a way that I'd never, never seen him. And what, what was strange is I would show up to my office to study Jesus, but the presence of God would show up or a presence of God would show up. And the next thing you know, I was laying on, my, laying on the floor just crying. And I just could not understand why I would go to study and end up crying and worshiping. And it took some time before the Lord gave me at least the fullness of the revelation I have at this moment, which was, I said, Lord, what is, what is this that's going on? And he said, I said, no one comes to the Father except through me. When you get close to me, you get close to him and he is love. And so I was, I, he, he was making me aware of the fact that when I was getting close to him, when I was engaging with Jesus, and faith in Jesus connects me to the love of the Father, the more I Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I would get in the word of God around the subject of Jesus' grace and the finished work and it was drawing me closer to the person of love, to God himself. And I just would get in his presence thinking I was studying and then I would experience the manifest love of God. Some of you in here, you've experienced the manifest love of God. Raise your hand just to show everybody else that I'm not crazy. You've experienced that and you know it's supernatural because you did not know a love like that existed. The closest that you will ever come to even getting a glimpse of what that love is like is when you have children. It's not even, it's not even, your, it's not even your spouse. You, 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 there is a different kind of love you have for your spouse, but something happens when you have a, a kid. See, you, you fall in love with your spouse. But I don't know if you ever, you remember this. If you had kids, you're, they, they, you're in the, in the hospital wherever you had the, the baby and all of a sudden someone hands you your baby for the first time and you look at this thing and we gotta be really honest about this. They're not pretty. 
It's not pretty. And like my first, she was in there for a while and she had a cone head. This is the honest to God's truth. First baby ever had. Where Leanne's emotional and the baby comes out and the doctor's like, here, here she is, dad, do you want to hold her? Or, or mom, do you want to hold her? She hands her to Leanne. And so I kind of come around there and the, I, I'm looking, I'm like. <laughs> this is honest to God truth. Leanne <laughs> turns to me and she's like, isn't she beautiful? And all I could think about, and it just flew right out of my mouth, I was like, I'm sure she will be. <laughs> I've grown so much in 20 years. Um, but here's what I know. That little conehead. <laughs> I didn't know her yet, but I loved her all the way. Didn't know even how to experience, didn't know that was gonna happen. But when you sit, you're just like, I love you so much. It's the love of a father. And when we fully accept and receive what Jesus did on the cross, it pulls us close to the love of a father, the love of a heavenly father, the unconditional love of a father. Just a couple more here. Uh, I've had encounters with the power of God. Just the power of God. I, uh, probably the second most significant encounter I've ever had in my life was when, um, and you say, well, let's start biblical. Where are biblical? Just open the Old Testament <laughs> and look at all the stories of the power of God manifesting in the craziest and wildest ways. But uh, for me, the first time I experienced it to this degree was... Um, I had had a prophetic word spoken over me. Um, now it's been, I don't know, 17 years ago, 18 years ago. And um, th- th- this guy said, he, gave, he used a specific word. And it was one of those words you don't go telling everybody. It was kind of a, a, a unique word. And so the prophet and my pastor were the only ones in the room when they gave me the word. I told him, but other than that, I didn't tell anybody the sp- specific word that this guy used. And I just kind of held it in my heart. And uh, about four or five years ago, I was in Redding, California, Bethel Church, a bunch of leaders in the room. We were just having a prayer and worship service. And um, Dave Harvey, uh, y- y- some of y'all have been around long enough. Dave's been here at our church a few times. And so y'all would remember Dave, but he's the Australian and, or one of the Australians. And so we, uh, there, were, there was no prophecy going on. It was really all just prayer and worship. But all of a sudden, Dave goes up on stage and goes, hey, I, I, need, to, I need to talk to Braden. Uh, Braden, I have a word for you. And we had relationships, so I, it, he would have known me. What was funny, though, is I, th- there was all this stuff going on. People are laying on the floor worshiping, praying for each other, prophesying. Uh, I needed some coffee. And so I'd gone to the back of the room, and I was sitting there drinking coffee, just kind of, in, for lack of a better word, enjoying the show. I wasn't like on my knees, like, Lord, I need you. I, need. It, it, I, was, I was loving what I was seeing, but I was, again, kind of more cerebral. If you're ever looking for me during worship, I'm probably in the sound booth. I'm just kind of wired that way. I'm kind of hiding out. And so uh, I was just kind of in the back having some coffee and just kind of watching what was going on. And um, he said, get, uh, Leanne and the rest of the team, get, get around Braden. So I'm just like, oh, sweet, I'm getting a word. And so I got my coffee in this hand, hand in this pocket. And uh, he said, he said, the Lord calls you up, and he said that word that I had not heard someone say to me until, you know, 10 years before that, 15 years before that, whatever it was. And I kid you not, from 
glad I got a good cup of coffee and enjoying the atmosphere of his presence. It's like when he said that word, it turned into a meteor, shot across the room and hit me right in the, in the middle of my body. And when it did, I mean, the only thing that happened was I just threw my coffee in the air and the next thing that hit was my forehead right on the ground. I mean, I had a goose egg, carpet burn right on my forehead. The, the catchers were apparently on the wrong side, that, that, that guy. And um, I just, I could not, I've never felt anything like that before or since where it hit me so strong. And uh, I flopped around on the ground and couldn't get words out for about 30 minutes, actually. I couldn't speak for like 30 minutes. And um, I remember I finally crawled, I just, I couldn't get up, so I crawled to the back of the room and just leaned up against the wall and was just weeping. And um, Leanne every now and then would come check on me, make sure I was still alive. And she would just, I, I remember her bending down, she says, honey, are, are you okay? And I just start crying all over again. I just could not describe, I just had no words for what had happened to me. And it was interesting, because this last week we were in Reading again, and I was staying at the same hotel this last week for a couple of days that I was that time. And Keith and I were walking to our room and all of a sudden I had a, a, a visual of that night uh, after this happened. Uh, after I finally came to, got up, we, we went to dinner, had a great time. I remember that night after I'd had that encounter, I remember walking back to my hotel room and I was walking down the hall and we, it was kind of, we had a couple, another two couples with us and they went to their room and then they went to ours. And the next thing you know, it was just me and Leanne walking. And I finally got her alone because I've been wanting to tell her this this whole time that we were with friends. And I just said, I said, I am, I am not right. <laughs> I'm still not right. And, I, and I'm, for whatever reason, I use these words. I said, I still haven't come down yet. And that was the only thing I could think about. I said, I still haven't come down yet. And as soon as I said those words, I heard the Lord say, and you never will. There are encounters that will mark you and there are encounters that will change you forever. And I have, I have had one of those, one of those encounters. Uh, another one, I've had encounters of, of God's supernatural provision. Supernatural encounters of provision. You've read the stories where in scripture where, you know, Jesus gets in the boat, next thing you know, there's more fish than their nets could handle. That's supernatural provision. There was a time when it was time to pay taxes. Jesus said, go fishing. Well, what, what happened? Tax money was in the fish's mouth. Supernatural provision. That happened over and over again from the manna, from the, all the, multiple times throughout scripture, you see God supernaturally providing. The, the most marking time in my life that I, I experienced a supernatural provision was when, um, I uh, said so quite a few years ago, Leanne was our worship leader and she started having problems with her vocal cords. And we went and saw a specialist and sure enough, she had some nodules, very alarming because for some it runs, it ends their music career and they can't come back from it. And so uh, the doctor had told her, hey, you have to take a year off from any public speaking. He even told her, don't try not to talk a lot at home. Let your husband do the talking to the kids. It was, it was serious business. And so uh, at, the, in the t at that time we were pastoring for this other church and um, we needed the income. So when she couldn't lead worship, we, we had to hire another worship leader, but we needed the income. So she took a job as a part-time admin assistant for an oil company. And she, I remember that she was making $30,000 a year working part-time for this oil company. And um, about that same time, uh, I had, had met a guy who had said, hey, I want you to come and be the ranch manager. He had a, a game ranch in South Texas, six, a little over six hours from here. 
and mutual friends. And I said, he said, hey, I want you to be, I heard you've done some stuff in the outdoor industry. I want you to come be the ranch manager. And I said, man, I, I can't do that. That's, that's a long ways from here. I, I can't do that from here. And uh, okay, long story short, was around him a couple more times and he kept asking me. Well, the third time he asked me, uh, the Lord said, I was driving home from South Texas and the Lord said, did I tell you to say no to him? And I was like, well, Lord, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, I, I, you, you called me to do this. How am I supposed to do this and to do that? But just him giving that word made me engage my creative thinking. And I was like, okay, Lord, if, you, if you're saying here, look, what could this possibly look like? And so after some time with the Lord, I started thinking, I would love for Leanne not, not to have to work at this particular position. I, it, it, I would love for that not to happen. And so if he would pay me the $30,000 that she's making, she could quit working. And I said, um, I, and I finally went to him, I said, sir, this is the, you should not take this deal. This is a terrible deal. I said, but all I can do is uh, every two weeks, I can come down for two days. So every two weeks after I'm done on a Sunday, I'll drive down to your ranch. I'll give you Monday and Tuesday. I'll drive home late night so you get two days out of work out of me. Uh, and to do that, I'd have to have $30,000. And he goes, great, do you take a check? And I was like, like a check check? And he goes, yeah, and he reaches in his truck and he writes me a check for $30,000 and hands me a check for $30,000. And I, of course, at the time, I'd never held a check for $30,000. I'm like, man. And so I, I said, hey man, you don't have to, I've, you can put me on payroll or what? I mean, we don't have to give it all at once. He goes, ah, this is a whole lot easier if you're good with it. I said, like, yeah, no, you're not getting it back now. I mean, yeah. <laughs> And, and I just remember, it was the first time where I had, had seen God do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think in the area of my finances. And it marked my life forever. And of course, as it turns out, I didn't, I didn't hardly do any ranch work. The guy wanted me to come down. I ended up ministering to him and his family, helping him restore his marriage, ministering to his kids in some ways. It was just such a divine thing. So that what I thought was gonna be this laborious task turned into vacations and lake houses that I could go to and take my family to and all, not just the money. It was just a ton of favor on that situation. Uh, in fact, just right now, if you said, man, I could use breakthrough in the area of supernatural provision. If that's you, just raise your hand. If you could use a breakthrough, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up and actually hold your hand up like God might do it for you today. Lord, I just release the power of testimony right now into this room. Supernatural provision into the lives of every single person with their hand up. If you did it for me, you'll do it for them. You're not a respecter of persons. You're only a respecter of faith. So right now there's faith in this room. There's agreeing faith, faith there's individual faith. And we just release the power of testimony right now. The testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. We prophesy supernatural provision into their life right now in Jesus' name, amen. Last but not least, I'll close with this one. This one's new for me. I've never really had this one happen until uh, about three weeks ago. But I've encountered, and I've encountered uh, uh, had a supernatural encounter of what I would call the mystery of God. The short story is uh, about a year ago, maybe, maybe two years ago now, Leanne started smelling smoke for no reason. And we'd be laying in bed and she'd be like, you, you smell that smoke? And I'm like, no. And, and I, husbands, I don't know if you dealt with this, but after your wife had kids, did she like get a bloodhound nose? Like all of a sudden she can smell a pickle from four blocks away. I'm like, <laughs> Leanne did this. I mean, just, it was kind of crazy. So after, every now and then I'm like, oh, you're smelling something in Arkansas again. I think that's what you're doing here. Um, so at first I didn't, honestly didn't think much of it, but she's like, no, I'm, I'm smelling smoke, and um, I, and it started happening in u- these unique times, and I think she started feeling like she would begin to shake when she was smelling the smoke, and that she knew that this was something 
there was some, God was involved in this and somehow, but we couldn't get our head wrapped around what it was. We had never heard of anything like this before. And so uh, it got so intense, her eyes would begin to water. It was like she was actually having the, the burning of the smoke was affecting her eyes and there was not a smell of smoke. And it was just bizarre. And so we called uh, some friends of ours, Wendy, Wendy Backlund is her name actually. I remember Leanne calling Wendy and she's like, can you help me navigate have you ever heard of anything like this? And a uh, little side note, it's nice to have spiritual family so that when you find yourself in a situation that you don't have an answer for, you have family that does. I love that about the church. And so uh, thankful we had that at the time. She says, you know, I think, I think you're supposed to intercede for some things. And the Lord had Leanne go down to the basement and lay all flat on her face and began to pray and some things began to lift. And every now and then she would get she started recognizing that when she would smell smoke, the Lord was getting her to pay attention. And if she would smell smoke, the Lord was confirming something that was going on. Uh, sounds crazy, right? Well, do you know how many times there are in scripture where something only happened once? I mean, in the history of mankind, how many people other than Jesus himself have walked on water? One. It's just kind of one of those bizarre things. It just kind of is like, I, I don't know. Well, this was that for us. And I was like, man, this smoke thing is crazy. Fast forward to about three or four weeks ago, there's just some, God is just really moving. There's just some things that are fixed that happen in this church. And I'm not saying that because I want you to think that we're, you know, something amazing. Well, we kind of are, but um, it, it's just, I, there's something going on. There's a groundswell that I feel that, God, that something's moving and there's some breakthrough coming. You know, we just bought a building for our Lubbock campus, amen. And so we're, we're working on that. I mean, there's just, there's, there's people there are, there are people that are hearing about what's happening here and they're like, hey, can we come work for y'all? So it's like, we've, we've got some opportunities for some things. And so I'm like, there was this, some things going on. And um, man, the Lord began to give me some vision that I, I, I had had a word before him for a while and I had never got clarity around it. And all of a sudden he started speaking to me. And I remember these, this couple was in town and all this prophetic stuff was happening. And I said, hey, I want some sweet tea. Y'all want some sweet tea? Like the most spiritual thing I could think of, right? Uh, so I was going to HTO to get some tea. And after I left to go get a, me and them a, a tea, um, man, the Lord began talking so much. I, was, I, I pulled into the parking lot of HTO and I was crying uncontrollably. And I don't know how you talk to God. I'm just gonna give you a little insight of how I, I talk to him sometimes. I said, hey, I need you to leave me alone for a minute. I gotta go get some tea. Cause I just couldn't get myself together to walk into the store. And so I finally got myself together. I said that with honor and respect. Um, but I, I said, as so I go into the store and I, my mind is spinning cause I'm seeing all of this. I'm just seeing so clearly some things that God is saying. And uh, I come outside and I open my door and I got these, this little carrier of tea and I open the door. And when I, when I open that door, I mean, the, it's as if three people were smoking in my truck. I mean, I just get hit with this, this bunch of smoke. And I was like, what the heck? And I've checked the gauges in my truck. I'm like, is my truck smoking? And nothing was going on in my truck. And so I, my brain hadn't caught up yet. And I'm like, and I literally actually had this thought, like, did someone get in my truck while I was in there and smoke a cigarette? Like, is, did this actually happen? And um, so I, I, that didn't make much sense. <laughs> so... But then I was like, well, maybe someone's leaning against my truck smoking and it's drafting in my air conditioner. So I'm like checking around my truck, trying to figure out what this smoke is. And all of a sudden the Lord just made it as clear as a bell. He said, I'm confirming that what I said is right. And that was me that said that to you. And again, that one may not mean a bunch to you, but what I'm trying to do is let you know, 
there will be times where he will speak to you in a way that he can only speak to you. It will be a mystery, it won't make sense, and you're gonna have a bunch of haters say, well, that's not in scripture. Okay, okay. Uh, what, did, what does Bill Johnson say? He's like, I've got a scripture for everything. It's called signs and wonders. It's signs that make you wonder. I don't know what's going on here. You know? uh, it, and so I, I know for a fact there are times. Now, again, I, let me re- reiterate something. Don't build your life around a mysterious wonder. You build your life around the word of God. But sometimes wonders confirm the word. Mysterious wonders confirm his word. The Bible says he will confirm his word with signs following. What kind of signs? I don't know. Every now and then, it could be a mysterious one. I've taken a little bit longer here, but I want to close with this. Um, Just last week, I had the privilege of uh, of doing something really cool. One of the things that's been on my heart is I've got a lot of friends in ministry that don't, they don't have a f- spiritual family that they belong to for one, one reason or another. They, you know, their pastor didn't treat them very good or some, you know, one guy's, his dad passed away and then he, another pastor came along and that pastor passed away and he was just in so much pain dealing with his loss of his dad and then his spiritual dad. He just, he's, so he's got some things going on and uh, the Lord just has brought these men into my life and I just have such a heart to bring them back into spiritual family because I have such a heart for this and I want to serve and uh, a big part of our ministry is to serve other people. And so um, I, I put together a fly fishing retreat in Redding, California and uh, Chris Valentin and his wife Kathy were so kind to open up our ha- their ha- home to us. And so we, we brought in all these pastors. Banning was a part of, Banning Leipzig from Jesus Culture. Uh, he came in on, fr- on a Monday night did a, a session, and then uh, Chris and Kathy opened up their home. We would fly fish in the morning. We'd go to their house from like 12 to 2.30. He would teach on, on, on men and fathers and spiritual family, and then he prophesied over us and gave us books with prophetic word. It was just, honestly, it was kind of one of those pinch yourself moments where I'm like, I just cannot believe this is my life, that I get, here I'm trying to serve pastors, and I feel like I'm getting served in this. And, and so, but the first night, I wanted to honor the pastors, and I just wanted to do something special. And so, um, and it's odd when you're wanting to, I wanted to cook them a meal. I wanted to cook them a really good steak because you cannot encounter the presence of God if you're a vegetarian. It's just not a thing. <laughs> it's just not a thing. And so we all know that. <laughs> so, sorry if I offended you. That'll be the least offensive thing I say if you stick around for a while. Um, but I, I, I wanted to honor them and cook them a meal. And of course, I was at an Airbnb in Northern California and I, don't, I didn't have Midland Meat Co. here to get me some good you know, food here. And so um, I called a buddy of mine and said, what's the best meat market in all of, all of the Reading area? And he goes, oh, it's R&R, R&R Meat. So I call R&R and I said, hey, what's the nicest steak you have? He goes, well, we've got this Japanese uh, reserve Wagyu. And uh, he said, but it's $49.99 a pound. I said, I'll take 14 ribeyes. And he's like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, I, I, I want to take care of these guys. So we got, we got them these steaks and um, we go out there. And, and to be really honest with you, I got nervous about cooking them. I actually brought my own spices from home in preparation for cooking these steaks. And so we had a bit of a debacle. The grill almost caught on fire. The grill caught on fire because somebody didn't clean out the grease pit that used it before. And anyway, so I'm having to flip steaks faster and put them in the oven and pull them back out of the oven and re-sear one side. And I'm like, mind you, I've got, oh, I didn't tell you this part. Chris Valentin calls and says, hey, 
I know I'm not supposed to come out, or my thing's not till tomorrow. Do you mind if I come out and eat a steak with you? And I'm like, you can do whatever you want to do, you know? And so he's, he's there, Banning's there. I've got all these pastors that I've flown in. I'm like, I cannot screw up these Wagyu steaks. And so, man, the Lord was so kind. He helped me out. We made it work. And honestly, I don't know if they could have cut, turned out any better. I'm, I'm not saying I'm amazing, but I am amazing. And, um, <laughs> and so... We, we, I get them all and I, and I figured the best way to go about this, a couple of them had burned on the edge a little too much. So what I decided to do is to hand everybody a whole steak. I started slicing them up, which was a brilliant idea. Cause I mean, you could just pull this ribeye apart with your hands. And I mean, it, I've never tasted such glory in my entire life. Uh, it, it, let, me, let me just ask a question right quick. How many of you in here have ever had a Wagyu, Japanese reserve Wagyu ribeye? Anybody in here? Oh, so a few of you. How many of you in here want one right now? <laughs> How many of you are going to get steak for lunch now that I'm... But isn't it something that my story can light a fire in you? You ain't ever tasted that steak, but I bet you start Googling Wagyu Reserve steaks on your way home from church. And my hope was today that just a few stories of the kindness of God and the goodness of God to show up in ways that are so extraordinary that they mark your life forever would incite in you a hunger to pursue this for yourself because God wants to encounter you just as much as he wants to encounter me. He wants you to experience him just as much as he wants me to experience him. I have a desire that we are a church that is marked by supernatural encounters. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.